The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IONS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our guest today, Mary Terhune, has experienced a series of remarkable revelations in her life beginning in 1984. But it took almost dying of a heart attack on the doorstep of a hospital in 2006 and being brought back to life that made clear to Mary it was time to write about her lifetime of astonishing mystical experiences. It began with a visitation from a mystic Jesus in 1984 during a defining life crisis. It was then that Jesus spoke seven revelations on forgiveness, judgment, the Bible, weight problems, disease, aging, and the ego. A few years later, in 1986, Mary met a monk who initiated her into deeper states of consciousness, and in 1988, she experienced the highest state of awareness, self-realization, and received the message that divinity awaits all mankind. A few months following her transformative experience of self-realization, Mary was given a spontaneous experience of her own death while meditating on a bench inside a lobby where she worked at MIT. And here to tell her, us her amazing story is Mary Terhune. Mary, welcome to NDE Radio. Thank you, Lee. Nice to be with you. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. And Mary, um, let's begin with your experience in 1984. Oh, yes. I was going through a life crisis where I had literally lost everything, um, by everything, I mean that I uh, lost all my retirement funds. It was through a bad uh, real estate deal with friends, and um, I had lost everything, I'm a sizable sum. And um, I was thrown into debt, and I had a daughter at the time, but I was not, I was, I was divorced, I had been divorced. And, um, I was so worried and concerned about my ability to uh, make ends meet and to care for my daughter that I was thrown into a state of deep despair and, and fear, just incredible fear. And I was, of course, berating myself for not having gotten my own lawyer to protect myself in this transaction. And um, it was one of those moments where sort of your whole life kind of feels like a big burden and you just feel like a loser. That's how I felt. I felt like a complete loser. And, um, I was in, in a, I was working at uh, a hospital, um, in research administration. I was in a, my third year of massage school because I got in, I was getting into alternative healing and, um, I just wondered what I, where I was going with my life and, the despair was so deep that I started to sob. I just started to sob because I felt I had no way out. I didn't know what was going to happen. And when I could no longer cry any deeper than I was already crying, all of a sudden this light entered my living room, the living room window. And it was this tremendous presence. Now, I was on the border of being sort of an agnostic. So this was quite an experience for me. And 
I felt so much peace coming from that light. And then I heard a voice that said, now do you understand that true forgiveness is self-forgiveness? Then I was given the experience of forgiving myself for whatever had to happen in my life up until now that I didn't know, and therefore I had to forgive myself. And this peace just filled me. It was so profound and so deep that I had to lay down on the couch. I could no longer stand up. And then this, I recognized this voice. Now you can say, how did I know? All I can say is the soul knows. And I realized it was the Master Jesus. And um, of course, I, ha- I was raised Catholic, but I had long left the church because I really didn't believe in the separation of how they separated people. And, um, and so I, I just didn't believe in that. And I wasn't, I sort of believed that there might have been this person called Jesus, but I never equated him with any particular religion. And then certainly in him coming to me in this form and in this way, I felt him as a spiritual master, really, not connected with any particular religion. And he spoke to me these seven revelations, and when he spoke to me about them, he would give me an experience in my life so I could relate it to an experience in my life and to see how that worked, what he was saying. And so it was it was so profound, and it was and at the same time, he opened up this energy in my body. And later I would come to know it as the Kundalini, the spiritual energy of divinity within humanity. And as he opened up that, that whole channel, um, the Reiki chakras that I had heard about, but didn't know much about became activated and they were started spinning around. And I thought, Oh wow, this is, that's they're, they're, that's really true. They there are there is there are these spin, the energy spinning you know in your body at these different places, and um, as he continued to speak to me, I kept having this experience inside of this awakening of this energy, this divine energy, and uh, at some point, I was no longer breathing me. It, God was breathing me. That's the only way I can describe it, from a deep place inside. And then I thought, oh, uh, this must be how the yogis that they bury an underground to see if they can really do this, and then yes. you know, unearth them, and they're still alive, and this is how they breathe, from this very deep, deep channel inside. And later I would come to know that as the Shishumna. Of course, I knew nothing about any of this. I didn't know about meditation. I didn't know about yoga. I didn't know about Kundalini. I didn't know about anything. But now I was giving a f- given a full-blown experience of, of, of these uh, uh, mystical uh, teachings. Um, and at some point then he, he, I felt like there's veil that got removed from my third eye. And all I can say is like it kind of opened up of this veil so that I sort of fell into this divine love and I be, I, I felt it in my body. I felt it in everything all around me, the space around me. And at the end of my time with him, he withdrew his energy from the window 
And I was still in this state of tremendous love. It's the only way I can describe it. The depth of love I had never experienced before. And I decided I, I needed to get a breath of fresh air. So I went and opened up the door to the to the back porch. And when I looked at the tree, there was happened to be this beautiful apple tree. When I looked at it, I saw all of a sudden these packets of light that um, were surrounded surrounded the tree. And then I saw it on these packets of light on the grass and on the squirrel that went across the grass and the flowers. And this divine light, these photonic packets of light were alive with a profound love and omniscience. And then I understood that that's how the tree was created. That's how the grass was created from this divine light. And it was filled with so much profound love. And I burst out crying and out loud I said, oh my God, this is paradise, but we've made it into something else. Yeah. And uh, needless to say, in the days that followed, I was having a difficult time uh, navigating uh, the world in this new state. Because everywhere that I looked, I only saw love. And when I looked at people, I only felt love. And it's like I was in love with the world, and the world was in love with me. It's the only way I could describe it. And all I wanted to do was to sit in this love. You know, Eckhart Tolle describes his experience, what happened to him. And at that time, he wasn't working, so he could just sit on a bench for a couple of weeks or more <laughs> and kind of imbibe all of this, and I had to go to work. <laughs> and so I... Of course, I was still dealing with the with the issues of uh, the my losses and my anxieties, but this love seemed to take over for some time. Mm. And when I went to work, I was supposed to, I was working in research administration, and I was supposed to be dealing with numbers and putting together statistics. And I would sit at my desk, and I couldn't do anything. My mind just wanted to be in this love and bathe in it and see it everywhere. And of course, at that time in the 80s, no one was talking about consciousness. No one was talking about spiritual awakenings. No one was talking about any of these seeing light and, you know, hearing Jesus talk to you or whoever. And so I had no one to really talk to. I, I didn't know. I knew it was real. And I knew it was more real than real my life up until this time. And um, so what what ended up happening was I was the office was going to be uh, they were going to reorganize the office. And I was asked I was being told that I would be let go. So and it's a good thing because I couldn't function. I could no longer function in that world anymore mm. because I was opening up to something else. Now, mind you, you know, it took me a very, very long time to integrate all of this. And a few years after that, that's when I met the monks. I met the monk two years later, and uh, and that opened me deep into deeper states. And then I began to have an understanding of what was happening to me. I had began to have an understanding that this divinity was in me and in everyone 
And I went through a lot of other things in between that um, I'm not mentioning, but basically it began my life of mystical experiences that can, that continues up until this day. And, um, when I had the experience of self-realization, which was extremely profound, it, everything changed me forever. And it just took me a long time to integrate it, to assimilate it, and then to live my life so that my life was, was not separated into work and then my spiritual life, but rather my whole life was spiritual. If I was going to work, it was spiritual. At home, it was spiritual. But it took me a very, very long time, and I had to go through a lot of changes. I had, I, I went back and healed up old relationships. I sort of like cleaned out everything, you know, because I knew that I had to do this to move on in my life and to right. clear myself. Now, how did you meet the monk? And was he a, a Catholic monk or a, a Buddhist monk? I don't usually talk about uh, the person that I met because it's very private to me and very personal and it was a woman as it turns out oh okay but uh, the only reason i don't talk about that is because everybody has their own path and so what i'm talking about are spiritual experiences that everyone can have and no matter what path you are on and so i honor that when it for my audience that's why i don't because everybody has their own particular way but uh, uh, she was definitely a realized being, and all I can say is, you know that when you know that because your soul knows the teacher that you're supposed to be with, and uh, that teaching was the same teaching as Jesus, actually. Mm. It's the same teachings, that God lives in you as you, that this kingdom of God is in you and in everyone, and that to treat everyone in that fashion. Right. Yeah. And then I guess at some point you were taking a course on the ego. Yes. And had another revelation. Well, I took a, that actually was the time when I experienced self-realization uh, because uh, essentially self-realization is the remembrance of not only the remembrance, but the complete experience of yourself as a divine being beyond form. So the ego is connected with form and personality, your job, your gender, all of these things that are temporary. And self-realization has to do with your eternal divine nature that you truly are. And what I got to experience was that humanity was coming into its divine remembrance of its divine nature beyond the form and beyond egoic identities which keep us in duality and separation thinking we are we are not the same that we are all different and some people are better than other people that sort of duality and then we created a world uh, out of that egoic duality, which said, well, I deserve more than you do. And we're going to parcel things out in accordance with a very egoic way of living. And that there isn't enough for everyone. And therefore, most of, a, most of you won't get a whole lot. And there'll be a few that will get an awful lot. And we're going to justify that. 
And as you can see, we are in the world today, the world is going through an incredible crisis, very similar to the crisis that I went through back in the 80s. Um, and people are losing everything. It's not just one person. Now, it's everyone. Yes. Everyone is affected. Our, 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 all of our systems are falling apart and have fallen apart because we're moving into another evolutionary stage. And the evolutionary stage we're moving into is our divinity. We're moving out of the egoic structure of separation and duality into the remembrance of our divinity as a whole, divine, abundant, joyful, blissful being that we truly are. And going through this type of crisis is very difficult. It isn't an easy thing. It's a great challenge. And, uh, but people have been, have been prepared for it over this time. You know, the last 15 years or so, people have opened up more to meditation. Mm. Um, more to yoga, more to acceptance, acceptance of other ways, more uh, sisterhood and brotherhood, more realizing that we can't live this way. We can't continue to live out of ego anymore right. and so, living so out what, of fear. What we you're have, doing, I think, and rightly so, is equating uh, our own personal crises, like the one you experienced with the world crisis that we're witnessing with this COVID-19 today. Yes. When you, when you uh, discovered self-realization, was it, I mean, how, how much of a breakthrough was it? Was it a, a, a real revelation? Tell us about what, what that experience was like. Well, the light, uh, the Kundalini then was fully, this divine energy then was fully awakened. And the first thing that happened was this cloud of, all I can call it is a cloud of all knowing. It's the only way I can describe it. A cloud of all knowing hovered over my being in this glory and power and opened up my crown chakra and then ignited this Kundalini energy that came up in full force this time, not just the more gentle way that Jesus did, but now it was the full force of it. And because, you know, our... Our structure from here down holds the story of our life in those chakras. And so what was being activated was the story of the separate story of Mary. And now it was all coming up, folding up in like almost like a script. And it rolled and rolled. And I felt the energy come up. And all of a sudden right here, divine permission, or I can describe it as that way, was given that I could enter this higher holy space of this higher chakra um, and when that happened, the, my whole being knew that I was God, that I was God in, from, from being, having been created in this divine nature, mm -hmm. and that not only me, but everything and everyone was created out of this divine essence and being. And when that happened, there, there's, my experience was I and Brahman, and all of this is my creation. By Brahman, I mean the ultimate field of reality. And then when I looked up above a building, I saw Jesus standing in a cloud, and his arms were up like this. And then he looked at me, and then he looked up. And as that happened, the whole cloud and Jesus rose up 
over the building and disappeared. And I thought, oh my God, people do have these visions. They're very real. You know, it's all very, very real. And when it happens, it feels so normal. It feels so normal. It's like, how did I never realize that I was God and that everyone was God? How did I not? Am I the last to know this? You know? <laughs> no. And, you know, it's like, I'm the, am I the last one to know this? This is so obvious. <laughs> of course we are. I mean, that's it. But it was magnificent. It was omniscient and powerful and blissful and whole and beyond fear and no more fear whole in body mind spirit no more separation no more feeling like i needed someone else to support me i was complete and whole in my whole being and then yeah i was going to say where were you when this happened to you it happened i was at a meditation center ah perfect yeah so it was perfect because that's i was sort of imbibing you know, knowledge and taking time to do that. And we are being given this time now. The whole world is being given this time to uh, to contemplate our lives and where are we going in this world and what is Mother Nature telling us because this came from Mother Nature. Mm. It's also said Mother Nature can't go on living this way either. I think Mother Nature has sent us COVID nineteen as a as a sharp reminder that uh, we we better get our act together. It's a sharp reminder, and not only that, but we and nature are one. It's one consciousness, us and nature. So you might say that humanity call is calling this forth as well because consciousness wants to know itself. In other words, we are calling forth something we've been asking for our own that something had to change and whether, you know, and when, and when you're moving from one evolutionary cycle to another, which is what humanity is doing the first time ever, we're moving out of egoic structures now, even the astrologers are talking about this using their language of astrology, moving out of the earth dense signs now into Aquarius, which will happen in, in, in uh, December. So the age of Aquarius, which is a more, it's it, you're, it's out of fossil fuels and more into just energy and light and a communication on that level um, in, in ways that we, we, are, we will discover as these new paradigms move forward. Of course, the old system wants to hold on to the old ways. We want to hold on to that fossil fuels. We want to hold on to the, you know, the separation and all this sort of thing. So there's that there's going to be the struggle and how much we will suffer will depend upon how quickly we can let go of the old and move into the new. So I don't know how, what that's going to take, but as you can see, there, there is this tug of war. You know, you can, or, you can already see it. It's mm-hmm. already happening. And people are realizing, wait a minute, we need a living wage. Wait a minute, you know, this can happen. And so it's, it's happening. And that, of course, I'll be talking to you about how it's happening in our system of medicine, because I have a great love for that. Uh, I started out, of course, as an RN. Yes. Worked in that field a long time. And so I have a, you know, a great love for healing and medicine and, um, I'm, and power I'm, evolving. I'm really looking forward to that discussion, which yeah. I'll tell the audience, you're coming back next week and we're going to talk about homeopathy in the age of COVID-19. Uh, what happened to you when you were at, at, in that lobby at uh, MIT? 
Oh, that was an amazing experience. So every uh, lunchtime, I uh, took to meditating for part of my lunch hour. And um, this was in October, so it was cold outside, so I could no longer meditate outside. So I went into the lobby of the engineering building, and it has these big windows that face Mass Ave, Massachusetts Avenue in Cambridge. And so I was sitting in the electrical engineering building, and in the middle of that big lobby is a revolving door where students come in and they walk out and they go to the other parts of the campus. And so I was leaning against the wall and I had been reading about um, a monk who had already passed some, someone I, I didn't meet. It was this um, man who was a, a very well-known monk and people would, would experience different states while in his presence. And so I was reading about him and feeling rather sorry that I would never meet him because he had already passed over. So I close my eyes to go into meditation. And as I'm sitting there, all of a sudden I hear a voice that says, are you ready? And I'm, I'm thinking, oh, it's one of the students. He's kind of fooling around with me. I'll just ignore him. He'll go away. And so then I keep my eyes closed and I hear it again. Are you ready? And then I turn my attention to the voice and all of a sudden I see this monk coming towards me while my eyes are closed and I'm thinking, wait a minute, I've read about people having these experiences in meditation and they're real, you know, just like the vision of Jesus was real. These, these things are real. This is real. And so he starts walking towards me and as he starts walking towards me, all of a sudden he turns into the energy of the Milky Way and that's spinning around and then he enters my solar plexus with this energy, and all of a sudden, this cacophony of noise, which I would find was sacred noises, the sound of a bell ringing, the sound of a conch blowing, the sound of wind blowing, just this tremendous racket going on. And I'm thinking, my God, people who are walking through, they can hear this, and they're going to wonder what is going on inside her. You know, that's how loud it was. And then all of a sudden, and the sound of a locomotive going through. You know, and all of a sudden the energy start coming up, and all of a sudden I realize, wait a minute, I'm going to leave my body. I, I'm going to die. I'm going to experience dying, while very conscious. And then I thought of my daughter. Can is it okay? And then I heard the monk say, Yeah, it's fine. Oh, okay. So then I just boom, left. Boom. I was taken out, and all of a sudden, very quickly, I'm standing in front of two windows of light. Now, by say standing, I don't mean in a physical body, but in my spiritual body of light. And I'm standing there looking at these two windows of light, one above the other, like in a like in a house, those vertical buildings. And the monk is standing there, and the light is so filled with so much magnetic love and power, glory, like the sun shining. And I was being so drawn to it that I wanted to go to it. But I, then this little voice said, yeah, but your daughter. And I'm, but I, I was like, no, I have to go to the light. I've got to go to the light. And as I went to go to the light, the monk touches me with his energy and goes, not yet. And I was like, oh, no, I have to go back. But where am I going back to what? Where am I going? Because I was fully me mm. in this light. I didn't need anything else. That I was complete. I could think. I could move. I was felt so happy, 
And so when I looked down, I saw this, this filament of, of light, this, this, this cord, this silver cord floating in the air, which was connected to my spiritual body. And I understood I had to follow that silver cord to wherever it was I was going. Uh, because I had no memory of having a body at this point or being a person, being a person with a story, no memory of that. I was just pure light. And so I had to follow it down. And when I did this vista opened up and I saw the our solar system of all the planets and I was zooming past them and I'm going, wow, this is really cool. I wonder where I'm going. And then uh, I realized I was going to the planet Earth. Oh, I'm going to planet Earth. Okay. So it's like a Zoom, like a Google Zoom. And so I kept zooming in. Oh, I'm going to North America. Oh, I'm going to Massachusetts. Oh, I'm going to MIT. And when I got into the top in the building, the electrical engineer, now I'm looking down at this body that's meditating on a bench. And I'm at the ceiling and I'm looking down at this body and I understood I had to go back into this body, but I had no connection with this body at all. I just know I had to go into a body. I had no uh, identification as a man or a woman, nothing. I was me. I was totally me in this light. And as I had to go enter into back through the top of the head, the whole body jumped. Oh, oh, oh. And I felt like I was shoved into a tight shoe. Mm. And it's that point I picked up the mind story of that person called Mary. And I was not happy. Oh, my <laughs> God. I have this mind. I have to deal with this stuff. This is awful. This is just awful. And at that point, the monk reappeared and says, ah, you see, the veil is very thin between here and there. Very thin. And he disappears. Wow. Mary, sad to say we are out of time for today, but you're going to be back next Monday. Uh, And tell folks where uh, they can find uh, your book, Out of the Blue, and your website. Yes, my website is maryterhune.com, Mary, T-E-R-H-U-N-E.com. This is the book, Out of the Blue. Out of the Blue, yeah. Wayne Dyer made certain that Hay House published it, so you can get it on Amazon.com. You can also get it through my website, maryterhune.com. And before Wayne passed, you know, he passed three months before the book was published, actually, and he loved it, and he wrote on the back that, my experience of self-realization was the best that he had ever read in his 30 years. So it was quite something meeting him. That's a whole story. That's all in the, all in the book as well. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. Okay. Uh, yes. And they should get on your website and listen to his reading from that chapter. By yes. The way. So special. Yeah. Mary, thank you so much for doing this. And thank you for coming back next week when we'll have more time to spend on uh, homeopathy and the problems of the health today. For those who'd like to hear this show again, just go to our website, hit the past shows button. It should be up this afternoon. And uh, listen again next week, next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening. <laughs>